Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. You get all of our content there. Dono Daily every single day. We've actually got an F1 show called Hitting the Apex, which goes on once a week. Our Kane shows, our Dolphin shows, we're really gearing up on the football coverage here soon. So check it out the five reasons YouTube channel. Also five reasons sports.com. Make sure you spell that out. Unlike the newspapers, we do not have a paywall for all of your written content and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. Our guy, Danny, he's got a lot of business now because hurricane season is coming, but you can still get in with them. All pro construction builders. You got to protect your home or business. So contact all pro construction builders. They specialize in the impact windows and doors for residential and commercial properties. You will only deal with the owner, Danny, from start to finish. It's a family-owned business. They use local products. And again, they could do residential or commercial. No matter what, you'll get a free estimate. But if you mention five reasons, you get a 10% discount, 10% discount on your entire order. So check them out on Instagram at all pro construction builders or reach out to Danny at 305 484 4429. That's 305-484-4429. All pro construction builders on Instagram. And now tonight's episode. Down Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. We're actually recording this before game six of the NBA Finals. So by the time you hear this, it may actually be an NBA champion, uh, which is actually an interesting way to look at this because if the NBA champion is, say, I don't know, uh, Golden State, the way that they handle their bigs is different from a lot of other teams. We're going to talk today about Bam Adebayo, our floor plan. I've got Alex Lito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I've got Brady Hawk. You can follow Brady Hawk 305 night off for Greg Sylvander. Check out all of our other player reviews from the 21-22 season. By the time we finish with Bam, we will have only not done Victor Oladipo and Gabe Vincent. We'll probably get to those in an episode next week, but we did one on Struess and Robinson. We did one on Jimmy Butler. We did one on Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero. Um, and we also did one on the complimentary front court players to Bam Adebayo. But I do not want to go back and do the same topics we always do on Bam. Is he going to be more aggressive? How is their exposure going to get him more shots? Although, of course, that will play into a little bit what we do today. I just want to focus on one thing. There's a subsection of Heat fans that is convinced that Bam Adebayo is playing the wrong position. That he is a natural four who's been forced to play a five because Eric Spolcher doesn't like to play big. And they point to some of his, his, his effective moments with even a Myers Leonard at the center spot a couple of years ago when Bam was playing before until the acquisition of Jay Crowder, Myers getting hurt and Jay sliding in at the four. And ever since it's been Jay Crowder, it's been Trevor Reza, and it's been PJ Tucker complimenting basically the same type of player a sort of undersized four is playing next to Bam. But we're going to get into Bam on offense and defense. And, and we will talk about some of the stuff about unlocking him offensively, but it's going to be in the context of the position. So 
I, I will go to you first, Alex. If, if I was to say to you, the ideal position for Bam Adebayo in the modern NBA is what? Still a five. I mean, I think you knew I was going to say that, but I'm actually probably more open to the idea of putting him next to a big than most than, than people might think. But the problem is, it's like, um, it's more of an ideal thing. Like it sounds nice in theory, but it's like, who's out there, uh, who's realistically available, you know, not to, uh, uh, what's the proper way to say it? crap on everybody's parade <laughs> when it comes to like going, you know, having fun when it comes to, uh, who they should acquire in the off season and, and, and speculating and all that. I just don't see who it is. And especially like, it's interesting that we do this today when one of the guys who may or may not have been out there gets traded in Christian Wood, right? Like somebody who is considered a, a, a stretch big, who's also athletic. And, and although he wasn't my, you know, my type of player because of his defensive woes and, you know, the fact that he can't really move on defense for, even though he's young, uh, those are the types of players that I think people are longing for next to Bam. And I think we saw some of that in that first season with Bam as a starter, the first season with Jimmy here, when it was a lot of Kelly and Myers playing next to Bam. Right. And I think it's a different type of thing because maybe people want like a bigger, stronger guy. So instead of a stretch big, I don't know if that's the case, maybe, you know, uh, not trying to categorize everybody one way or another, but I just think there's not many of those guys available. Like somebody like Al Horford, I think would actually be a nice fit. You know, that's obviously not going to happen, but, how many guys out there are there like that who could shoot, defend, pass? You know what I'm saying? Just like are a good fit because I don't think you can have another guy who clogs the lane there. I think that's one of the prerequisites for it. I don't think it needs to be another like really, really, really high level player. It just needs to be a good four, right? Another A good front court piece that you put next to Bam, whether it's somebody who's more like PJ or somebody who's a little bit bigger. I just think there's a lot uh, easier fits when it comes to you know, the smaller guys, the, the more modern fours with Bam than there are with the bigs. Because I just think, like, even though Kelly and Myers could shoot, like, those guys ended up playing uh, a lot less in the playoffs until, you know, Bam and Goron were out in the finals. And all of a sudden, those other guys had to step up specifically because of Bam being out. And I just think it was one of those things where you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're playing somebody too much uh, because you feel like you have to. And, and they probably won't have to. So that's the case for that right like they can play pj more and just kind of have somebody as a you know a stretch big in stretches but other than that i just don't know you know how many guys are actually out there for bam i mean that's a fair way to look at it brady like a lot of this is just supply and demand right like i mean everybody talks about well he would be a four in like the old nba probably so because you really weren't looking for stretch fours uh at that time then the stretch four became a big thing kind of a Nowitzki thing that started that and, you know, as we've gone forward, the league has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And in that context, Bam is kind of the perfect modern five. But there are times that it seems like maybe his aggressiveness is cut by the position. So let me ask you this. Do you think there would be, because I said we would talk about it only in this context. Do you think there would be more shot attempts for Bam Adebayo if he was playing the four instead of playing the five? I don't think so. I, I pretty much at all, because I, we've seen at times where uh, I think back to the Eastern Conference Finals, he was guarded a ton by guys like Grant Williams, guys like Jalen Brown, guys like smaller guys that he had opportunities to. And I don't think they changed the offensive game plan just because of the four or five. If you hear Spolstra talk about positions, he constantly says positionless basketball. Like it doesn't matter where a certain guy is slotted in at. Uh, but I think in the context of the four or five, uh, looking at this specific kind of the way the playoffs ended for Miami, 
they didn't lose in this playoffs because they were lacking a big, in my opinion. Like we can look at Boston. Yes. For hundred percent, Boston was bigger, but they didn't lose that series because Boston was bigger. They lost that series because of a whole bunch of different reasons uh, of shooting kind of plummeting of certain guys, not stepping up around the edges, but it wasn't because of the four or five. I think Bam can be a four, but it has to be kind of like Alex said, it has to be the ideal five. Like it has to be a really well-rounded five. Because this idea that just because you're going bigger, you're getting better defensively because you have a bigger guy to get rebounds, it's just not really true. Yeah, you have Bam on the perimeter a lot more because Christian Wood, If let's just say if it was Christian Wood, is down low and drop, but he's getting killed and dropped. So that makes you a lot worse defensively. You're not even going to have to get rebounds because the ball's going to be, uh, you're going to be getting the ball out of the net all night. So it's just tough to say. I just feel like specifically in Eric Spolstra's offense and defense, he fits better with kind of a four that's versatile. Like it's just the way it is. Like if you get a big to start and you put him next to Bam, there's going to be most nights in the regular season and the playoffs where that guy is not going to be on the floor closing games. It's the discussion we had with Duncan Robinson all this time where, yeah, he's a really good solid player, but he's not a closer. I don't think, I think most of these big men that you're that we're going to be talking about uh, at least that are going to be playing the five are not going to be closers. There's a ton of fours out there. I think that can plug some things to be a stretch shooter, to be a perimeter kind of switchy guy, that makes a ton more sense. So just in my opinion, I think he's a five. That's just kind of where I land on. But I think he can be a four because I think he could be a lot of things. Like, that's just how he is. He's built off things on both ends, kind of move all over the place. So, uh, but to your original question, I really don't think that changed anything. Like, I think that's in BAM. I think that's in the offensive structure. I don't think it's in position because uh, there were times when, like, length could bother him, just like it does Jimmy, just like it does Tyler. Uh, but it just comes down to this is a league where almost everybody's switching. Even if you're playing drop like Boston, they're switching off the ball. They're switching on your guards. They're switching all over the place that you can find mismatches that uh, it's just not a one-on-one thing, in my opinion. So uh, it's a debate for sure. But I think the only way we could have classified it was if the Wood Christian Wood idea is what we were talking about in this pod. Because a lot of the other options that we're looking at now, I just don't think they're ideal fives or a lot of these guys will probably end up playing the four if they were to end up here that's a good point that you make um uh, about the defense because i I think people uh overlook that and and i'm not necessarily sure that having uh, people always assume you just put more bigs back there and you're gonna get more shot blocking and all the rest of this but you what you you make up you lose it in quickness And, and really that's that's the big advantage that bam gives them defensively is the quickness there um, and, and I also, again, to this point, the heat always evaluate things. And I've talked about this before on the pod that the heat evaluate things based on how many options does Eric Spolster have to close games? That, that that's how they do this. Okay. So it's how many guys does he have seven or eight options to close games? Five that he can rely on two or three more that he can rotate in. And you're right. If, if in the modern NBA, as teams size down during the playoffs, at the deeper that you go, I'm not necessarily sure that most of these bigs we're talking about are going to be played by Eric Spolster at the end of games, in which case what we're really talking about here is the first few minutes of each half. I mean, that, that's essentially it. it. It's essentially what they did with Myers Leonard. And, you know, you look at Myers, who's, again, whatever the other issues were, just as a player, slow-footed, took a long time to release his three-point shot, but was not a shot blocker, was only an okay rebounder, but did provide space. So in a sense, it's not so much that they need a five. It's that they need a spacer (laughs) with him. 
offensively. And the thing about PJ Tucker, and I, I am a big PJ Tucker fan. I think we all are here on the podcast. He only provides space from one spot. And, and that was, and, and Brady and Alex have, have documented this, that when teams kind of took that away, uh, it created problems for them offensively. So I don't think it's necessarily that they need, uh, you know, a, a big body. I, I, this idea that you have to have big bodies to rebound. I mean, PJ Tucker is a, is a great positional rebounder, even if he doesn't grab the rebound, we've discussed that too. So I, I think it's a little bit of a simplified discussion and there really is no big, I mean, I know that Mo Bamba has been somebody who's talked about one of the reasons that people like Mo Bamba is he can create some space perhaps uh, with Bam. So that that's a different situation. All right. When we come back, we will talk about some of the aggressiveness stuff with Bam. Uh, Cause well, why not? Okay. So we'll close it here in the last few minutes and get into that. But I wanted to get into positional discussion because I, I think that this has been simplified by some who just say, just throw more bigs at the problem. And I think you're creating new problems that you don't have right now. All right. We do want to tell you about two sponsors, the five reasons sports network. These are our, well, these are the ones that you have fun with. Okay. We got our gambling partner. It's called better edge B E T T O R E D G E go to better edge again with the O R dot com backslash five reasons you get twenty dollars to play right away this is peer-to-peer betting this is legal okay this is not offshore you don't have to wait for your money like that this is right here in the united states and here's the cool thing about it and our guy sean rochester has been showing people this you can you can pick your lines basically because you can find somebody to take the other side and then that determines how much money you might potentially make off a of bet. So go to betteredge.com backslash five reasons. We always mention our fantasy partner, which is different prize picks, prizepicks.com, or get it on the Google uh, Play Store, get it on the App Store. Go to prizepicks.com, use that code five, F I V E, get your initial deposit match up to $100. Even if the NBA finals are ending tonight, there's more to play there. You can play MLB. Uh, Stanley Cup finals, of course, are still going all the other sports. And of course, football season, I think the futures are going to be up there soon as well. So go to prize picks, use the code five F I V E. They even do college football. They do everything there. All right, let's get to it now. And let's just, let's just close by discussing the Pat Riley comment. And we're going to try to do this as expeditiously as we can, because I feel like this is the number one talked about topic on five on the floor. Pat Riley said, we're going to try to get him 15 shots a game. So I will go to you first on this, Brady, and then Alex will close. First thing, is that feasible? Okay. And second thing, whose responsibility is that? No, that's the number one thing on this podcast that we talked about. The responsibility thing, if it's the supposed schematics or Bama himself doing it, that's kind of the, the highlight here. But I will say it is definitely feasible, in my opinion. Like, I don't think that's a crazy thing to ask for. Even looking at this playoffs, his two best games in the playoffs came against Boston. It was a 31-point game in, in the game three and a 25-point game in game seven. There was 22 shot attempts in the first one and 21 shot attempts in the next one. His two best games, not, not surprisingly at all, came with the highest shot attempts. And after that, there was a drop-off to 15 shot attempts and then to 12 and then to 11. So it just drops off in that way that it really does simply come down to shot attempts. That's not something... I feel like a lot of people talk about with a lot of other players, it's about efficiency. It's about uh, getting to a certain spot on the floor or kind of embracing a certain different type of game. It's just really about shot attempts. What in terms of uh, how they do it, I think a big thing is they have to be able to something I talked about a ton specifically on this podcast is getting him going early. Like for one, getting him going early in the season, like they have to make it pretty clear that he's going to be a big part of this offense. 
but it's about getting him going early in games because those two examples that I just gave is him getting going in the first quarter. When he sees the ball go in, I always say that kind of streaky shooters or guys that have to see the ball go in are usually shooters. Bam, it falls right into that category. If he sees the ball go in early, good things begin to happen. Uh, So I think if there's a spot on the floor about being comfortable, like he's, if we have to be realistic, like talking about a three point jumper, like that's not coming this season, in my opinion, even though he's hinted at it in the past, like there's gotta be, as I know Ethan's part, like throwing this out there a bunch is a go-to move. Uh, And I think if we're looking at specifics, I'm looking at him trying to like develop a baseline game because when watching him play this season, I don't think there was a spot on the floor. He felt more comfortable than that baseline. If it was a jumper, it was spinning, trying to get past somebody, maybe throwing a legal hook or two, trying to get to the opposite side of the basket. But it's just really trying to manipulate that sideline just to find a bit of space. That If there's a go-to down there, if there's a move down there, then you have something. Then that's when it comes back to our last section of this podcast and saying they need a spacer of some kind above the break. Because the above-the-break shooter, as we talked about in the Jimmy episode, helps things for him going downhill. But it helps Bam a ton that he doesn't have to see two if he begins to increase those shot attempts. And I know we'll get to that when that time comes. Like, that's a totally different problem. But you just got to get him in certain spots and allow him to, uh, I guess, excel in that way. So I don't think it is crazy. Uh, I think, I guess, this is the same thing we do every time. Once again, coming back to your, your last question of the slow or Bam thing, I really do believe it's both. Like, I don't think it's one or the other. Like, I feel like there's a part of this where you say Bam has to get shots up when he's given the opportunity. But then there's also the opportunity of putting certain guys around him, giving him the ball in the low post and allowing him to go into that go-to move. So that's going to be an interesting thing to monitor. Uh, but I really do think it is in him. I think he can do it. And 15 shot attempts, I feel like, is a reasonable goal. Like, this isn't one of those things where Pat Riley's saying he needs to get to three-point three shot attempts this season. Like, this is 15 shot attempts. Like, this is a reasonable goal for him this season. Alex, I feel like I could just play your answer, but because I've heard it so many times. So no, try, I was going to go at it from a different way this time, actually. Go ahead. I've been uh, putting together the case throughout this podcast, or not really the case, but just kind of looking up some stuff. You know, one thing, by the way, I will say, just, you know, to, uh, to give points to the case that maybe you can add an extra big next to Bam, um, the Heat, two seasons ago, the first season with Bam as a starter, uh, finished, I believe, fifth in rebound rate. And they were second in rebound rate in the first half. But, you know, before they made that trade, uh, when they acquired Iguodala, Crowder, and Hill, after that, they were 22nd in rebound rate. So that's one thing, right? They were good at it. They were middle of the pack at, um, at rebounding in the playoffs that year. Then last season, uh, this you know, with getting swept out by the Bucks, they were the worst rebounding team in the playoffs. And they were, I believe, 22nd in rebound rate. This season, this past season, with P.J. Tucker in the fold and uh, – you know, I believe they ended up finishing eighth or ninth in rebound rate and were also top five at it in the playoffs. So that's just one thing that I think is, you know, they've gotten a lot better at to kind of go back to that point of uh, how valuable P.J. Tucker has been and, and how good he's been at boxing out. And it's not all him because I think Bam is also a really good rebounder. All his uh, rebound rate numbers, despite how much he switches out onto the perimeter are still really high up in the league when you look at where he ranks percentile wise. So I'm just going to, you know, give him some flowers there when it comes to uh, being able to hold down the four, you can add an extra big there, but that's, I don't know that they necessarily need it because it it would have to be somebody really good. Now, when it comes to the, you know, bam, needing more shots, like you said, you already know how I feel when it comes to, uh, 
actually setting stuff up for him. The one thing is like he actually put up 13 attempts a game this season. So adding two more, you know, like it's doesn't seem like too much to ask for. Like Brady was talking about there. The problem was in the playoffs, it went down to like nine and a half attempts a game. And, you know, in, in, in the Celtics series in the conference finals there, he's so up and down at it. Like he has two games, with one with 21 attempts, one with 22 attempts, another one with like uh, 15, I believe it was. And the rest were six or below. You can't have that up and down stuff in the playoffs. Like I understand some, every game is not going to be the same. The playoffs are crazy. It's chaotic. And that's not his role. Like I've talked about forever. But if you are going to go to him when things aren't going right, he needs to be more comfortable, right? Get him going early. Like I'm on the complete same page as this when it comes to uh, like as Brady, because I just think like you need to get him going early in the season, early in games, get him those attempts and make him feel like he's actually a part of this offense, right? Like I think you need him as that guy. We talk about him, you know, needing to be that guy for them to win a title. Well, that just can't happen overnight, man. Like you got to go, you got to develop that stuff slowly along the way. So I think him going up to 14, 15 attempts is not too much to ask for. And I wouldn't be surprised if he actually did it. He just has to actually, you know, persist with that in the playoffs as well. I think the the conclusion we've all come to is this, the position doesn't matter. The position doesn't matter. It, 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 this is an emphasis issue. It's an emphasis issue. It's a demeanor issue. And it has to change. I, I think that, you know, it was one thing for, for Pat Riley to say it after the previous season, but I mean, we're getting late now. Okay. I mean, it has to change. I, I just, you know, and, and he can affect the game in so many ways. We know that, you know, it's not all in the box score. We understand that like Spolcher doesn't need to keep telling everybody that because anybody with eyes can see it. Okay. But you cannot go into a postseason, particularly if they don't make a major acquisition for another three level scorer. You cannot go into the postseason with Jimmy Butler being counted on to drop 40 points. That is just not his game. And you cannot have these six shot attempt games when it is clear that even though Bam doesn't have the full offensive package, he has enough that they can work with to try to, to try to draw more out. And, and you know, the other thing about the 15 shot attempts to me, just as important as the 15 shot attempts is the six to eight free throw attempts. You know, that has got to happen this year and it's got to happen consistently. That's one thing he's actually been good at. He has, but I, I just, I feel there's more there. I, I, he puts the ball in the deck and he can get to the basket and, and he's just to give him a little bit more credit, by the way, his amount of assisted buckets have gone down every season for the past three seasons. And it, and it went down um, a lot this season, despite having Lowry there, you think it would be the opposite. I know it was up and down Not everybody was playing together, but um, you know, he had 61% of his shots were assisted. Whereas last year was 66, the year before it was 72. So he's actually doing more stuff on his own, getting to the rim more every season, uh, getting his assist per 75 up every season. So it's, it's happening very gradually. The problem is it's like, I think, well, it's not on the same page to where everybody wants him to be right. Like right. people want it to be, I think a little bit higher up in the scoring hierarchy than where he is right now. And, and just make it a priority. Just make it a priority. If it's not a priority, they're not going anywhere. That That's the way that I view this. Um, to me, there's a lot of cut and dry issues with this Heat team this offseason, and that's one of them. All right, check out our sponsors, All Pro Construction Builders. Reach out to Danny at 305-484-4429. Prize picks, use that code 5-F-I-V-E. And, of course, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, backslash, five reasons. Get your $20 and give it a shot today all right by the time you hear this nba finals may be over we'll see we've got plenty of off-season coverage coming pivoting towards the draft next week check out the episode that brady and greg and i did about what the heat may do with that 
Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network. Start looking at free agents. So this does not stop here on Five on the Floor. Have a good night, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.